Coming up, I finally got around to seeing the Born Stuntacular at Universal Studios Florida. I have a lot of thoughts about it, so I'm going to share that with you in just a second. From my house in the Orlando area, this is the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is episode 266 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and today I am solo as I talk about the Born Stuntacular now open at Universal Orlando Resort. There's a weird pauses in there, but hey, that's just me. So I've of course, the Born Stuntacular opened last week, had its grand opening at Universal Orlando Resort. It's been in technical rehearsal for a couple weeks, a uh, while actually now going uh, going back, but I have not gotten over to see it yet until today, so that's why we haven't really talked about it on this show before. I've been kind of dragging my feet about going over there and not just not just going to Universal Orlando Resort as a whole, but actually going inside, sitting in the theater, and experiencing the show. So uh, I, I finally got to the point that I'm like, nope, it's officially open, so now we finally have to get out there and do a show on it. But uh, unfortunately, Rhino is even more apprehensive than I am about going and sitting in a theater and being inside at a theme park. So he did not want to join along for the fun in seeing the Born Stuntacular. So it's just me for this one talking about about the show, and uh, I hope that you know, regardless of what you may think or feel about the criticisms I'm about to make. Remember, this is just my opinions. I'm not telling anyone they're wrong for thinking or feeling the way they do about the show if they've seen it. And I don't want to try to detract anyone who's very excited about the show from actually going out to Universal and experiencing it. I I think if it's if it's a attraction that you're really excited for, then of course, stay, stay excited for it. Go out and see it. But uh, I I still want to share what I actually thought about the the brand new show too because uh, we've kind of had a a weird history with it now at this point. So when it was first in the rumor phases of a born attraction coming to Universal Orlando, it was kind of just a, a shoulder shrug moment to say to say the least because it's not. You know, there, there's nothing against the Bourne movies. They've made a lot of money, and we've also talked about that before, too. They are, they are a hit for Universal, and Universal likes making attractions based around stuff that has made them money, hence why we have uh, Fast and Furious Supercharged, and of course, you know, why they would throw in a Race Through New York starring Jimmy Fallon attraction. So because Jimmy Fallon is is a golden boy over on NBC. So it makes it makes sense why they would eventually mine the Bourne series because in the five movies that have come out, I mean it's been over a billion dollar product. So it's definitely something that is proven uh, to be financially popular. And that's sometimes all it takes is knowing, hey, if 
people spent the money to go out and see this in the theaters, then clearly they'll also probably spend money to come out and see it in a theme park. And of course, that does not always translate well. But uh, nonetheless, you know, the decisions maybe are made like that. I'm not even saying I'm in, I'm in the room when they're being made, and that's the justification. But if that is, I totally understand. And so in the rumor phase, it was kind of confusion. And then once it got to be pretty clear that Bourne was happening, it was still uh, very confusing on why they were moving forward with it. And then when it finally got announced as an attraction that was officially coming, it was just kind of, for for us at least, it was kind of like, oh, well, maybe it'll be interesting, but still nothing like, nothing too exciting, to to say the least. And you know what? When it opened, I, I looked at a lot of the reviews and opinions of my friends and, and peers that went out to those technical rehearsals through through now and experienced it and and shared their opinions with it. And I think it was actually I think I only saw one person who had anything slightly negative at all to say about the Born Stunt-tacular, and pretty much everyone gave it a overwhelmingly uh, positive response. And so I, I will say that I was I was pretty hyped to actually get out there and experience the attraction. And unfortunately for me, it did not, it just didn't live up to the hype. And I even want to, I know a lot of people have also said in this, like, yeah, it's a great show. It's not as great as Terminator 2 3D was. I'm not even coming at this from a perspective of I love Terminator 2 3D. I enjoy the movie. The uh, the the stunt show with it, I thought it's fun. It was way outdated and it was time for that to go, but I I, I didn't really enter into it thinking like is this going to be better than Terminator 2 3D because for me it's not that hard to get better than that show because it was showing its age uh, very like but from the first time that I experienced it in 2011 it was showing its age and it just continued as that attraction continued to to go on so there there's no doubt that the the born stuntacular is technologically superior to Terminator 2 3D in every way shape and form but that did not influence my opinion. And of course, you know, it's housed in the exact same theater. The the all the queue areas and pre-show areas completely switched over, but not not drastic changes to the entire setting. You're still pretty much it, it was like that comfortable welcome back. So uh, before I get too much into my thoughts and feelings in the overview of the show, I am going to play some of the B-roll that that Universal did give to us uh, when Born Stuntacular had its grand opening, so that way you can get a bit of an idea about the show. It doesn't it doesn't really give away anything. I, obviously, as I was watching those clips before I experienced it, I, I was like, okay, I, I get what the style of the show is, but it's one of those things that I would say if you're watching this, it definitely will not give away any spoilers. It's way different being in the room, seeing how it's all happening versus watching a video of it. So I'd say you don't have to skip over it. If you want to, it's like two minutes. So feel free to go ahead. And if you're listening to this, of course, you can find it over at youtube.com slash WDW info. But we're going to go ahead and cut to that now and then get to talking about the Born Stunt-tacular. Well, lots of exciting moments, but... 
I think uh, the base way of putting putting my review out there is it just wasn't for me. And I, I think that's a, a civil way of, of saying it. I, I can understand why people would really love this show. I, I really do. But it just... It just did not fit in for me. I'm also I'm also the type of person I'm not overly blown away by shows. Uh, I I understand their importance at theme parks. You know, you want to be you want to have diversity in the different attractions that you offer in terms of rides and shows. You don't want it to be all just the same thing unless you're you know, unless you're a place that's known for your roller coasters, then of course you will only want roller coasters for the most part. But at a, at a theme park like Universal Orlando, you want to have plenty of different options for guests out there. So uh, a stunt show does fit that fit that bill. And you know, I, I think it would be kind of unfair to even call it a stunt show because it's it's that next level. It's no longer you know it, it basically is a, a sequel version to Transformers in the way that it. it it continues on the story from the movie in this case movies that that you might know and love and and it's showcasing stunts but it's not showing you like this is how the stunts are happening so if you enjoyed like indiana jones stunt spectacular at hollywood studios or even light motor action you know it's not like that taking you through the step by step process of we're going to film these scenes ready action all that this is one. This is a, a seamless show that's just a, a continuation of the story. So I like that they kept that up, uh, just the same way as it was for Terminator Two 3D. But beyond that, it, it just doesn't. To me, it doesn't feel like it has any place. And I'm I'm still trying to struggle to like find the exact words that I want for it, but uh, since I'm not the audience for it, I'm not the type of person who enjoys shows. I, I guess my my level of it is if you want me to see a show, you need to you need to show me something that I can't really get anywhere else, and so it's it's worthy of being in the spot. And I think that with born that is true to a point you cannot experience any other show quite like it anywhere else but i'm not sure that i'm not sure that the techno the technology used in the in the show is worthy enough of saying well you can't find this technology anywhere else in person so that's why it's worthy to be here i i don't know if that's enough i I would look more at something like Finding Nemo the Musical, where for years people have said, like, well, that could, if that was filled out even more, could see one day the use of puppetry and stuff that could that could easily make a jump to to a Broadway level, if if not greater than Animal Kingdom. And I've always felt that way uh, about that show, too. It's like, OK, this is giving me something that I can't really get anywhere else, but also it it has that appeal to me. And, you know, there's other shows that I feel like have captured me in that way throughout the years, but with, with born stuntacular, I just, I don't know if I care enough about seeing people. I don't want to say fake fight because they are fighting and there are, I was actually super impressed with the choreography from the actors. There were, 
a lot of moments where I was like, okay, this is truly like, this is movie level choreography. I mean, these people are taking their punches like any stunt person would. They're doing everything by the book. And I think in the show that I was in, there was only one there was only one actor. I don't know if they were necessarily hesitant or if they just weren't as good, but there was there was one that was comically bad in terms of like in terms of going to like take the impact of the punches and stuff, you know, starting to pull away too early. Maybe it was just from the angle I was seeing it at, but I felt like a lot of the actual combat, the fighting was choreographed choreographed so well that that it you know it really felt like they were taking in those punches and kicks and everything but then there was just one moment where the person was like dodging not it not dodging like completely to get out of the way but going to dodge the hit that was coming in and then the punch sound still gets triggered off but there was it was nowhere even close and i was expecting the show to have a lot more of those bad misses and it really didn't so uh first things first or second thing or third thing i don't know where i'm at with this i have to say that the actors in this the stunt people were actually very very good and uh, very talented and they should be really proud of the work that they are doing and I I mean that as sincerely as I possibly can. They they did a really really spectacular job. For me, it was it was some of the kitsch in the show, and it was actually it, it, the technology technology was a double edged sword for me because there was some technology in the show that I thought was spectacular, and then there was some that I just. It, to me, just completely fell flat. So I'm going to go over my notes with uh, with the show. And there might be some spoilers in terms like the plot locations and such in here. So I would say at this point, I've kind of summarized why I feel the way I do. So you can turn it off if you want to. But if you want to keep sticking with me, I'm going to keep explaining more here. And I'm going to start at the beginning, actually, with the, the queue. As I said, it it moves through a space that it's very, very similar to how T2 3D was set up, uh, just, you know, replacing replacing that with Bourne. Uh, there was two props from the Bourne movies in the in the actual queue. There was motor motorcycle and then a, a car. And that was that was it. And if you told me that they were from the movies, I would believe you if you told me, well, actually, no, they're just replicas of what was in the movies. I would also believe you uh, there to me, since I'm not a mega fan of the movies, they just didn't stick out to me at all as important, but uh, they did fill space. So I will say that. And then there's a, a loop of clips from the movies playing throughout the queue. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a queue. It was not not impressive, but I, I don't think people are going to be waiting for very much time in these areas anyways. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think I, I think maybe you will get some lines in there right now while social distancing is a thing and you have to spread out. So only so many people can obviously be in at one time. So, so there is a point to the queue, but uh, let's say five years down the road that 
social distancing isn't a thing anymore. Uh, I doubt that this queue will be getting much attention at all. I think most people will be able to walk straight into the the pre-show and and just go from there. And speaking of the pre-show, uh, this is another area where I was very underwhelmed uh, in terms of in terms of just the entire setup, like with Terminator 2 3D, you had you had an actor at this point interacting with the crowd waiting for the show. And here you're just standing in this big wide open room and you're watching a, a really giant screen in front of you. And and basically Julia Stiles is giving us the entire breakdown of uh, of who Jason Bourne is and what he's known for and and what we're going to experience in the show itself. And so I I kind of left this thinking, well, I'm glad that I know that Julia Stiles is still around because I don't think I've seen her in a movie in years and years and years. Uh, I, I genuinely don't remember the last time I saw her in a brand new movie. I'm sure she's made some, and I'm sure some people out there will tell me which amazing movie she's been in that I just haven't haven't had a chance to watch that she was in. But it was nice to get an update from Julia Stiles. But some of the writing during this portion just annoyed me to no end. Like... Uh, I, I was a huge fan of Twister in that everyone embraced how bad some of the dialogue was that they forced Bill Paxton to say in particular and Helen Hunt at points too, and then their contention with each other. But some of the stuff they gave Julia Stiles to say in this was just like it it felt like they were trying to do the exact same thing as in Twister and recreate those those kind of silly lines that didn't need to be in there at all. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like they were kind of serious too in the way they were. And like the one that stuck out to me where I started taking notes because of how it was going is when she had to seriously say that Jason Bourne is like a modern day ninja, the epitome of deadly stealth. And that's the point that I started taking notes because I'm like, what? She's probably going to say something else that's pretty ridiculous. And that almost led into the next ridiculous line, I think, where she goes on to explain that Jason Bourne is physically unremarkable in, in every way. He's got an average height, average weight, average body type. And, you know, you can kind of look at Matt Damon like an everyday man and say, you know what? Yeah, he is kind of average, average height and that's that's about right on the nose for it but then like no less than 30 seconds later they cut away to a clip of him in hand-to-hand combat with his shirt off and of course it's at one of the moments where he's had his most ripped i mean like his just muscles are his muscles have muscles in this shot so it's like he had just got done saying that he's physically unremarkable. He's got an average weight, an average body type. I'm looking at all the people standing in the room around me. None of us look like him, but we're probably close to what average is. I'm a little on the taller side than average, but uh, there is nothing average about Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. Maybe in like the first movie before he gets all muscle bound. I don't even know if he does in any of those movies, but it annoyed me to no end that they tried to play that off. And, you know, and then they kind of keep going on and she's talking about how you'll know, you'll notice that you'll mostly be wearing stuff like t-shirts and hoodies and just like, Oh, this writing is not good, but got through the pre-show from the pre-show move into the theater right now with social distance, 
social distancing. I, I really enjoyed how they were doing it. They were taking they kind of had the pre-show split up into different rows and then you stood on boxes in each row. And so they took us in rows at a time. My my row was the first to go in. So I was actually seated in pretty much the middle of the actual the actual theater, not, not in terms of the rows. I was in the second row. I think they had had the show before they had loaded the front row. So then they switched to second row for our show. And so I was about dead center in the second row. And then they filled in uh, three other rows besides the one that I was in for, for the show that I was a part of. So I, I had right down front, perfect seat to it. And then each group, they were leaving three seats in between for, for the distancing as well too. So felt safe and secure the entire time and when we left they dismissed us by row and then just asked that we kept six feet of distance between us and the other groups which was uh pretty simple but anyways for the show so we're following around jason Bourne, who has the abilities to not only uh bounce around from location to location uh, just inconspicuously but also even jump through time zones as well too all part of his his uh, talents that he has and essentially the show is broken down into three different locations for the most part with then some cutaways uh to to the treadstone agency and kind of a briefing room style but uh, the first the first area is in tangier and if i remembered correctly from watching the show i tried to take the notes as soon as i got out of the show so that way i wouldn't forget anything with it but essentially it starts off with jason Bourne fighting hand to hand uh with in hand-to-hand combat with another guy who was wearing one of those uh, muscle shirts that looked like he had tattoos all over him just looked really bad but the fighting was pretty cool and that's where you get your first taste of how the video screens are working and essentially this is a high 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 definition screen that is using high frame rate video to look as ultra realistic as possible. My problem is right away with those first shots, I noticed that the background environment was, and maybe I was wrong with this, but I I haven't watched any of the specials that Universal has put out with it. Terrible fan, I know. But at this point, I'm like, okay, the people that they have in this environment that are on the video screen, they are definitely real people. There's no doubt about that. But the actual environment that they put these people in clearly looked like it was made in a video game engine. So it had a realistic look to it, but at the same time, it looked completely animated. And that held true the entire entire show. So uh, it so now we're dealing with these different levels of realism where you have uh, not only born fighting a person, but then also other stunt actors on the stage at the same time. But then you have these realistic people because they were real people on a video screen that are standing in a what was probably a green screened room and they're put onto an animated environment that's trying to look realistic, but just doesn't quite hit the mark. So I was hoping like, maybe it's just going to be this shot, but then uh, it continues to transition and we get into uh, where Jason Bourne is moving through an actual uh, rooftop environment 
which at points in time didn't make sense. I don't know if it's because I was sitting so close to the stage or it, and I was just too close, so it was ruining my perspective of seeing the screen versus if I would have been further back. But you're looking at all these rooftops that are clearly different sizes. You know, nothing's nothing's the exact same. But yet there's moments where he's just walking on one flat environment. You can tell at a rooftop level, but why why he how he's been able to find the one extremely large, extremely long, extremely flat rooftop that bounces from piece to piece where other people don't uh, have that. Like it's just kind of like scratching my head, taking me out of the realism. I realize I am being very picky about this, but again, it's you're sitting down in and you have to buy into the belief that that this is all taking place in front of your eyes. And for me, that was it was moments like that that were instantly cutting away at it, as well as just the video screen in a whole. I I do not care for ultra frame rate. I am you you will very very, very uh I'm screwed up the way I was trying to say that. It is very random when you see the Diz releasing anything that is at a frame rate of 60 or over. You know, if we shoot anything at 60 or over, chances are it's because we're going to use it for a slow motion shot. But it's not like we're just walking around shooting everything at 60 frames or above like a lot of other people out there do. And that's just because we like we like the look of 24 frames per second, the more cinematic look to it. I get that with a lot of the attractions that Universal is doing, high frame rate looks better because it can look more it can look more realistic to most people. A lot of people do say that to them 60 frames and up looks realistic, 24 frames doesn't. But to me that's that's where the balance is different because 24 frames per second looks real. Anything that's higher just starts looking higher than 60, 60 and higher, I should say. I can I can even put up with 30, but, uh, you know, your TV standard, but with 60 and up, that's where, to me, it just, it starts getting, it starts looking video game-ish. And so that just continued the entire show. And and not only the fact that you've had these, these animated background worlds in there, uh, it just then having that same frame rate issue with it, it just did not work with my eyes at all. I could never get lost in the moment, but it wasn't just it wasn't just the screen. It was also that they do have these moving sets that come out throughout the show that, you know, the that the stunt people are climbing onto moving, jumping from from place to place, especially in this this first scene in Tangier and and. It is cool because, you know, the screen is stationary, but you have everything on the screen slightly moving and the sets are moving in pace with it. So it does look incredibly cool that it's all moving, moving together in this nice motion. And the buildings in particular do a great job at making this effect look amazing. Uh, when like Jason Bourne is walking or there's one scene uh, later into the show where he has to run for a little bit. It, you Again, for me, I was just completely taken out of it because it looked like here's a person walking or running in place and it's not matching the screen well enough. And I don't think they're they're 
is a way to get it, maybe besides having a giant treadmill, which I don't believe there was. But again, I couldn't see the ground, the stage floor based on where I was sitting. So I'm not even sure if there was, but uh, maybe I should go back and see it again so I can hopefully get further back and get a better view of it all. But again, this is just uh, my perspective from where I was sitting on it, that it felt moments like that were unrealistic. But in that first Tangier scene, there's there is one moment where there is a tower that rises up, and as the tower is rising up, it's also turning and turning. And then on the video screen, the entire movement that you're seeing on that is a, a big 360 uh, spin as well as going up. And this was like one of the moments of the show for me that was like, okay, they... Uh, someone probably came up with, we want to do this. We want to put this on screen with a live person on a set in front and then also have it in the background and that justified doing the entire thing. It was super effective, extremely cool. And for me, it was like one of two moments that I'm like, okay, this is where this works well. And because the spin was so quick, my eyes weren't focusing on how bad the background was and such. It was it was just, I was wrapped up in that moment. So it was really cool at that point. But most, most of everything up to it was just kind of meh for me. But uh, the next major location that we're in, we jump all the way to Washington, D.C. because one of the secretaries at Treadstone, one of the the head honchos, uh, Jason Bourne has had to travel to Washington D.C. to break into his house to get files, and so this is cool because he's inside the house while he's on the phone with the secretary, and so we then cut on the stage to seeing this giant house where the the house is mostly mostly just video screen except there with the door area and the front porch and then like the balcony overhang above that's all physical and this this blend blended in just super super well uh it was nighttime scene and you know a lot of times it's easier to make uh, make some of this stuff look better at night because it loses out on a lot of the detail because everything is is darker on in the environment so i think that actually played uh, played off a lot better that it was it was at night because it did it didn't give you a chance to inspect a lot of those details as much um there at this point you have gunfire interacting with the scenes itself which i thought actually was working well and it just to me the start of this moment all all was going well so i'm like okay between this tower and this house set i'm kind of turned around but then we get to a chase where uh jason Bourne steals a he, he steals a, a motorcycle and basically is chased through the streets by a police cruiser where Jason Bourne is on a physical motorcycle. The police car is on the video screen and it just did not, it did not work at all for me. It did not feel realistic one bit. And I just, I couldn't get caught up in the moment, but then this still transitions in Washington to a giant warehouse eventually that he ends up when, when the bad guys catch, catch up to him and the, the agents catch up to him to try to, you know, end him and end his little spree that he's on. And there's another really cool moment in this scene where they use 
kind of like the tower. They use an elevator that's moving up and down as as you're also changing the perspective. So anytime I feel like in the show that they incorporated height and moving up and down, I felt like that did that was way more effective than moving left to right. And uh, this this portion included a lot of uh, a lot of stunts from high up. Uh, you know, people people falling all the way off into onto the stage and and dangling from the air. So it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't a bad moment. So uh, I nothing really to say besides you know it. I think maybe part of why this moment worked a little better is because it wasn't relying as much on the video screen. But at the same time too. Because the video screen is just one long screen and it's not up above two. Like when I was sitting so close to the stage and looking up, it was completely off the perspective with all the actors on the stage and really, really took you out of the environment. But I get it. And this uh, leads into the final kind of location with this. And uh, Jason Bourne ends up in Dubai. And it's uh, the, the main set piece that comes out first is this tall building. And there's a portion of it where there's a bad guy that's dipping Jason Bourne into a, into like a little pool, I guess, that's on the, the on a balcony of the building. And so as he gets dipped in on the video screen in the front, you see that, you know, oh, there's Bourne getting pushed down in. And then I again, I know I'm being super critical about this and really harsh, but then he pulls him back up and he's completely dry. And it's like, okay, well, I just watched him get dipped in the water and then he comes up and he's dry. Like it it just doesn't it's little stuff like me that's just that completely takes you out of the entire moment with it. And this then leads into, you know, of course, Jason Bourne gets free and he basically they use a clever disguise to have him jump into the screen and he's basically dangling from a helicopter. And a lot of uh, the next scenes that you see are are him being drug around in the sky by a helicopter until finally the chase gets taken down into to cars on the ground and then we we move into having two cars side by side driving along and and it's it kind of worked it also didn't so it's very much like it's very much like the idea of you know in old fashioned movies and and such when and even they used it as a cheap way to make stuff work on like SNL i always think of the uh, the one skit they did with the cat that would drive but you know put people in a car and have a screen and then that's showing off all the movements and that the car's moving and see it on Seinfeld, see it on friends. You see it on every, every sitcom in at some point in time for the most part until they started putting GoPros in cars and it made it more, more accessible like that. But so you have the car driving, driving along and these two cars driving along on the screen, but it just, Again, because the cars are real in front of you and they're driving in what looks like a video game environment, it just it never it never clicked at any point. And they it came close to it. I will say it it came it came close a couple of moments where it was like the movements happening just synced up so well that that it almost looked good, but it just like everything, it just kind of 
miss the mark. And then the show ends in a completely goofy way where the secretary director is just like angry and starts firing up into the sky like point break style. And uh, it just it was so anticlimactic. And yeah, I it just it didn't do it for me. I think I, I've made made that perfectly clear over and over again, not to any no criticism on the the actors that were on the stage the stunt people the choreography that was all really well done to me it was just this is technologically impressive some of the visuals the imagery that they chose to use and how they used it i'm i i understand why they did i know that this is the next step the same kind of technology it's exactly how they're filming Star Wars movies. It's how they filmed The Mandalorian. It It is the future, but I just feel like it wasn't done well enough here. It was... It had that same unrealistic look that Fast and Furious Supercharged does in, in its show scenes. It's it's close. Most people probably won't care about it, but then there's other people who are going to look at it like me that's just uh, that's just how how it played off for me. So uh, I totally get that there is an audience for this show, and if you liked it, if you saw it and you liked it, I completely I completely understand why you probably did. It's I think it's going to be a very subjective attraction. I think I'm in I'm definitely in the uh, the smaller group of people who won't like it than than most people who probably will like it and are blown away by everything happening up there. So I know I'm definitely in that smaller group of people, but uh, at the same time too, it's, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like it just, it wasn't quite developed enough. They, they could have waited maybe like another five years. If they wanted to continue this idea of having a stunt show in the parks, they should have waited just even longer until the technology was better and the pieces of the puzzle could have came together. Like for me, this show is, I, I understand why it's here right now. And I think it will probably have some legs for the next two, three, four, five years, but I can, I can see it quickly joining the ranks of Jimmy Fallon and Fast and Furious Supercharged and, and you know, those, those attractions that we all kind of laugh about that felt like they were done with a lot of head scratching involved and not, not great decisions being made with it. That's kind of how I feel the same way about Born Stuntacular. Uh, of the three, it's definitely the best, uh, payoff, but I feel like it was one of the last decisions approved before they said, we're going to cut back on that style. We're going to cut back on screens and try to get back to get back to what, why people are coming to theme parks, because something like Born Stuntacular for me is not, it's not why you show up. It'll, it'll be a great way for people to get out of the heat. It will be uh, someplace that I probably return to for that particular reason, but it's it i don't think it, it's not going to have lasting power in my opinion i would love to be wrong about this and people are crying over this attraction 20 years from now when it gets removed to to move on with the times and and it became a beloved show in that time but for me i just i think it's because they went the with the technology route with this it's going to be a thing where it just it ages it ages way too quickly. And 
I, I'm sure there's way they ways they could find, uh, you know, upgrades to the projectors and 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 the actual screen itself. I'm sure they can find ways to continue uh, upgrading that as technology improves and try to make it more realistic um, the same way they did like with Spider-Man when that got its 4k uh, upgrade. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I would love to hear what other people have to say about this born spectacular. Wow. I'm tripping all over myself there. I also didn't realize I just, went on a nearly 40 minute tirade about the born stuntacular, but I want to hear what other people have to say about it. So if you've been to the show and, and you have things to tell me about it, of course you can always leave it in the comments on YouTube here, or you can, if you're listening and you don't want to go on YouTube and leave comments, you can always find me on Twitter or Instagram at teleclaster and let me know what you think. And, you know, also you can just Tell me anything you want over there on on those social media channels, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk back. I'm I'm not trying to say that in a way like maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, sometimes I just pick up my phone. And I'm like I don't want to interact, and then other times I will uh, spend hours just chatting back and forth with every single person. So um, it's maybe I'll be in the right mood. But yeah, you can always find me on. Twitter and Instagram at Teleclaster if you have anything you want to say. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Hopefully next week we'll finally have Rhino back because I know we're going on week three now without him. So hopefully next week we'll we'll have something to talk about that's not related to going into a theme park right now in this moment. And and that way we can get the get the gang back together again and feel like we're back to to normal with this show. But we will have to see in in a week from now if that actually happens. But in the meantime, if you need extra information on this show or any others on the Diz Unplugged podcast network, of course, you can always go to disunplugged.com, home of our show notes for this show and all the others on the Diz Unplugged podcast network. You can find links to our social media official social media pages, and more. And if you're watching this on YouTube, of course, make sure you are subscribed. Hit that bell button so you get notified when we have new videos released. And then also uh, leave plenty of comments and hit that thumbs up. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, please subscribe to us when possible and rate and review us so more people are able to discover the Disunplugged Universal Edition. And then, of course, if you are heading to Universal Orlando or planning on heading to Universal Orlando and you need help planning your vacation, please head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com and let the experts there help plan your perfect universal Orlando vacation. Again, their services are at no extra cost. They will try to find the best price on your universal Orlando vacation that they possibly can and continue to watch the price to see if they can ever save you money at no additional charge. It will not charge you anything. You can get the the same exact prices from universal or or any area that they're looking into and and you can just do it on your own or you can have them helping you with any advice that you might want along the way something comes up and you have to cancel or the the world continues being weird and you can't show up it's a lot easier having your agent working on your behalf than you having to sit on hold waiting to talk to people uh yourself on the phone so 
Again, dreamsunlimitedtravel.com if you are thinking about going to Universal in the future or if, you, uh, if you're ready to make that decision and you're ready to go and, and you just quite haven't booked yet. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. See you again next week with another episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. 